This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, several m- movies. Horse noise. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And we're in the same room? Yeah, we're sharing meat space. It is weird. It is weird. Yeah, like I'm used to seeing like these guys over a, like a tiny video screen. <laughs> Chris's head's much bigger in real life. Yeah. The rest of him too, for that matter. Mostly my head. <laughs> yeah, just the head. Tiny bitty bitty. You're like, you're like a walking Funko Pop. <laughs> Uh, but no, he uh, came out to, to visit in order to go to Dismember the Alamo, the uh, yearly movie marath- horror movie marathon that uh, the Alamo Draft House puts on. And so we are going to talk about those movies in much less detail than usual, because there's four of them, and I don't think anyone's, anyone wants to listen to a uh, four-hour podcast of us all at once. I don't think anybody wants to record a four-hour podcast. <laughs> I see here, Chris, that you have 69 hours and 48 minutes of disk space for your recordings left. Yeah, so we got to make this count. Yeah, <laughs> we have to use a, at least some of it. Uh, so um, I guess we could jump right in. And that the first one we watched was called Nightmare Beach mm-hmm. from the 1980s. Yeah, circa 89, I think. Because it was uh, aggressively 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how I, We're not going to get into how it starts. So, anyway. So, the premise is two guys go to, to Daytona Beach. Yeah. Or legally distinct. Yeah. Manatee. I'm sorry. Manatee Beach uh, in Florida. Uh, somewhere near the University of Florida because there's a guy who pops up repeatedly in blue and orange body and face paint shouting, go, go Gators. Yeah. One of the several reoccurring things that happen that lead absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's just, it's, it's ambiance. It's a uh, flavor. And uh, yeah. So why they're both uh, college football players one of them turns out was a quarterback in a the orange bowl where he threw an interception at the end of the game which cost the the, his team the game they do not state who his team was um so he's feeling down his friend is feeling very horny because he is a 20 something in the 80s guy and they just lean into how horny this guy is yeah, this this movie is like an even like half and half split between like horror movie and boner comedy. Yeah, it's like yeah, if Porky's was a horror movie, that's what this that's what this would be. Yeah, they uh, they head out to try to meet the ladies. Yep. But the quarterback man, he's not into it. No, I mean he's still like he he's just there, I think, to be spend time with his friend and to get some sun on the beach and for try to forget about the fact that he lost the biggest game of his life so far and it may cost him a draft 
in uh, a draft being being picked in the draft in the NFL. So he's not he's not not a good headspace. Yeah. Oh, and also the leader of the Diablos was executed. Yes. Old Sparky. No, the Demons. Oh, the Demons. Diablo was his name. Well, it was his middle name? Yeah. <laughs> his middle name was Diablo. Now, I think that was just, that was his moniker. So they kept saying first name, Diablo, last name. Yeah. And I don't remember what it was. And Yeah, but he was uh, executed via electrocution, and then his body disappears the very next day. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, a guy on a motorcycle shows up. And his motorcycle's got electro bits, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, and it shocks people to death, often burning them and or just lighting them up on fire. Um, notable characters, there is Stryker, the chief of police. There is Loomis, the mayor, uh, not played by Donald Pleasance. Uh, and there is the priest, played by uh, Lance Legault, who older people like me will recognize as Colonel Decker from the A-Team. Uh, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, holy shit, I know who that is. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is so it is so unique and uh, burned into my memory as a child. And, yeah, and so, yeah, so there's this biker going around, murdering, murdering people, um, including a uh, horny football player guy. Who gets who like goes up like a Roman candle because he had been had one fifty one rum poured on him earlier in the in the scene. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get only one wet t shirt contest montage in it. There's some like other dancing stuff. We do get to see the the top of some dude's butt crack. Uh huh. That was fun. Um. At a like a body push up contest or something, I don't know. It was a hot dude contest, I guess. Yeah. Um, Which I mean, kudos on him for going yeah. going both ways on that. And honestly, like the there was way less nudity in this than I expected. Being like the eighties like boner comedy that it, it half was, uh, I guess they went half masked on the nudity as well, and. Uh, yeah, and um, what else do we need to talk to about? Uh, oh, yeah, there is the actress who, or the character who becomes the love interest of quarterback, mm-hmm. who uh, can, who is very, she is very sad that her parents died and that her sister died and that Diablo killed her sister, and she hopes that they find Diablo because they think Diablo is killing everybody, like he killed her sister, and you're just like. She like has no no like passion in her voice when talking about that, but at other times she's just perfectly she's a perfectly good actress. I don't know like like yeah. what was with the delivery on those lines, but it was like every, we just couldn't. Everybody in the theater was laughing because it was just so ridiculous how bad her delivery was for those, like just completely monotone, no inflection, just wow. And the accepted theory about the string of murders. Murdered Leardlers. At the police station in the mayor's office is that Diablo clearly raised from the dead and is seeking vengeance against nameless teenagers? Oh, we forgot about the coroner. Oh, yeah. The coroner who is just constantly practicing his flaskmanship. 
and just gets drunker and drunker over the course of the movie. Uh, apparently also provides boys on the beach with pills. Yeah. Which... Pre- presumably for sexual favors. I mean... It's kind of the implication. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, I mean, so I guess long story short. But he, no, but the the coroner does say though that uh, one of the uh, one of the things that could have happened is that the shock like just temporarily stopped Diablo's heart, but that Diablo was not actually completely dead. He was only mostly dead, and then uh, they brought him. He he apparently just resurrected while being buried and let him let himself out after killing the the groundsman who was supposed to be burying him. Yeah, there are about 86 plot lines happening simultaneously. In oh this. yeah, there's there is the uh, commercial sex worker who picks up older guys at the bar and tells them that she needs money to continue her education while flirting with them and then they go back to her hotel room and they come out in the morning looking disheveled and hand her checks, cash, uh, gift cards, whatever. I mean, like she takes a very many various kinds yeah. of payment. It doesn't matter as long as she's getting paid. Yeah. Uh, there's the skeezy motel guy. Oh yeah, who's a peeping tom through the wall in the the linen closet, which is the room that the uh, the commercial sex worker is in. If the remaining members of the demon biker gang who mm-hmm. are being harassed by the cops, um, also the cops are. Super bad at their jobs and corrupt as fuck. Yeah, they like to frame bikers for murders, murder murderers. Yeah, and then um, there is the the priest's daughter who wants to drink and have sex, and he is uh, for some reason not okay with that. Um, but she goes to tries to like she tries to pick up the quarterback guy, but it sounds like she's in, like picking him up in order to like charge him for spending a night with her. Like she's not real, she she's not real smooth. Yeah, it definitely comes off as soliciting rather than flirting. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the term I was looking for. Um, the other so there's the go gators guy. Yeah, go, go, yeah, there's hat guy who keeps stealing everything. Yeah, yep. Yeah, everybody's everybody who leaves their pocketbook around gets it stolen by the one the blonde haired guy in the visor, and then there is uh, asshole comic relief guy. Who's always like, I'm pretending to be dead. And everyone freaks out. And, and then he, he starts moving and they all get mad at him. He's like, nobody can take a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of these will be dropped with no real resolution or they will be killed. Yeah. Like a uh, comic relief guy gets killed, but no one believes he's actually dead for a while because he kept pretending to be dead. Yeah. Um, commercial sex worker and... Uh, creepy motel owner both get got. Yep. Uh, who, uh, who else? Oh, then there's just random. It's just random. Random, like, yeah, like hitchhiker girl trying to get to the beach gets got first. Yeah. Some girl in an RV. Of yeah. No real note to the plot. Yeah. And they, the first, the, so yeah, so. At first, they think it's Diablo, uh, but then they they hear the police chief being sketchy. So quarterback and uh, bartender lady, who is quarterback's soon-to-be love interest, 
whose sister died, the one whose sister was killed by Diablo. Well, Diablo was framed for killing her, what Diablo said. Uh, they break into the chief of police double wide. Yeah. Yeah, like the chief of police there lives in a trailer park. And I was like, how what, do they not pay their chief of police enough to like live in a real house? It's Florida. I guess. Like, does the mayor live in a tent? I mean, like, and yeah, and then there's a, so he has a guard dog. They mace the guard dog. Everybody in the theater was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no one wanted to see the dog get maced. They stupidly, like, just move guns off the wall and leave them sitting on the table. And they find uh, all of uh, the police chief's sex paraphernalia. And also some, like, snuff pictures. Like, pictures of, well, they're crime scene pictures yeah. of women who are bound and dead. that Along with his sex paraphernalia. So, presumably, they were his boner pics. And then he shows up and they run away. And But the, the bartender girl tore up the picture of her sister. So, he figures out that she was the one who broke in. Because who else would rip up that picture? Yeah. And meanwhile, under orders from the mayor to cover up all this and get a get a stop to it, on you know all the people getting killed. Yeah. Uh, Stryker takes the new leader of the demons and frames him for the electrocution murders. Yeah, murderers. And that angries up the rest of the demons. So they go bust him out during the rock show from, uh, oh God, what was it? It was a weird name. Lita. Is what it was? Yeah, it was like L-E-T-A or L-E-D-A. I'm not sure which, but it made me think of, uh, you know, Lita and Edge. So they're having a rock concert that's entirely too raucous, so they have to call all the police out there. Yeah, because everyone's just dancing too much. Like, yeah, it is. There's nothing like there's nothing going on other than a concert and people dancing. Yeah, all 33 of those people are getting way out of hand. We need every cop yeah. available here now. They were hips. They were gyrating. <laughs> and this leaves the police station empty enough for the demons to go spring their boy. Yep. So they can get vengeance on Stryker, who has now decided that he's going to tie up some loose ends. Right. And also, uh, Quarterback and bartender decide that they're going to use through the power of walkie-talkies. They are going to uh, to dr- have her drive her moped around town to get uh, Diablo, quote unquote Diablo, to follow the her, so that they can then ambush him and find out who it is and or stop him. And so. A bunch of stuff happens. Uh, Stryker ends up catching quarterback at the junkyard uh, and is like, here, hold this knife. Oh, great. You have the nice knife. I'm, I, my life is in danger. He, he's coming right for us and then threatens to uh, to to shoot him. And the, But then the, the demons show up and uh, formerly framed head, current head demon shoots Stryker. For being an asshole. Yeah. 
And then to seal the deal, they chain him to the back of a bike and drag him off into the sunset. Yeah. Pre- presumably to be thrown into a swamp somewhere. And I mean, somewhere Chris Rock started humming to himself during that. Um, and then we things progress to the point where they get uh, the demon biker Diablo guy killer uh, tracks down our bartender lady. He gets Deus Ex Machina to death with uh, like electrical cables. It's real good, and yeah, it is actually real good. He gets kind of he gets kind of like a spider in a web or a fly in a web, uh, and it turns out, lo and behold, it is actually the priest who has been doing the killing because he is you know God's judgment. These lustful people, blah blah blah, but you know. Uh, the fact that he was killing all these like young kids and ignoring the fact that I don't know, like that striker was jerking off to the pictures of dead murder, murder, murder victims and the, the coroner who ends up committing suicide uh, on phone with the mayor uh, is, you know, apparently like plying young men with pills and presumably, you know, or having his way with them, consensual or not, uh, either way, I think that still would fall under the lustful section there. Um, and the mayor's also just terrible because the mayor's like, I don't care who you who you frame for these murdered leaders, just frame someone so that we don't have the fucking media here all the time, you know, following up on us. So it's it, yeah, I mean it's it's a little hypocritical that the this priest is like, oh no, I was fighting the good fight, except for all of these people that I deal with every day and know bad things about. I I'm not going to kill them. Yeah, well, and then he chases the bartender lady and football boy, even though they were the least lustful people. Oh, yeah. They were the only, like, reasonably behaved people in this entire movie. Oh, yeah. Like, at one point, the bartender, the quarterback has to stay at bartender's uh, mobile home. And she's like, should I make up the sofa? And he's like, yep. And, like, there was no, like, she wasn't trying to, like, you know, entice him to bed or anything. He wasn't trying to convince her to let him join her in bed. They're just like, yeah, we are going to sleep apart until, uh, presumably until marriage with these two, the way it seems. Yeah. Um. But eventually the day is saved. Yeah, and then they ride off into the sunset in a Chrysler Little Baron, which is funny. With that, if that sounds like a golf cart, which is also funny. Uh-huh. Uh, so we probably okay. So let's. So Chris, um, what? Do you, how do you? How do you feel about this movie? Um, it's it's pretty good. It's definitely like a very aggressively eighties. It is of its time. Uh, it has a lot of stock footage of Spring Break. So if you like stock footage of Spring Break, it's right up your alley. <laughs> it's it's dumb. It's fun. It, I think out of all of them, this one is the, the, the closest to an actual movie aside from the next one, but I don't count that one. <laughs> I mean... And there's some real good just line reads in this. It it's like it unintentionally comedic timing. The kills are pretty fun. Yeah. It, there it's I don't know. All in all, it's it's just a goofy dumb time. It's fun. I say 
you should probably you should probably give it a watch. I have no idea where you would even find it. Yeah, yeah, I have not searched for it or anything, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe you can't find it. I don't know. Mr. Troy. Um, well, I was when the movie ended, I was kind of like, eh, I mean, it's it's very 80s. Like, it's maybe got some good kills, but like a lot of the characters are super annoying. Uh, I called the priest being the killer fairly early on, uh, as the people next to me can attest in the theater. Um, but when I, after I got thinking about it for a little bit and I recognized the hypocrisy of the priest, I started to like it a little bit more and to kind of, you know, maybe this movie is actually trying to say a something, which, you know, is kind of uncommon for boner comedies, a little more common for horror movies, but you know, not always super common. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think it's probably worth a watch, um, but you know, it's also worth thinking about a little bit. So I would say watch it. So that is Nightmare Beach. Yeah. In, in case we have you have forgotten the title of that movie, one we, one down. We both say watch it. Uh, we had a ten minute break for intermission, and then we went into one where we were given a pair of th- each given a pair of three D glasses. But we were told it was not a 3D movie. Mm-hmm. And that is where Chris called the movie. <laughs> and also that the person uh, involved in it was known for doing uh, shenanigans outside of the movie itself. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got this one pretty quick. Yeah. It was the only one I got. But Yeah. And it was 13 Ghosts, the original one uh, by Frank Castle, the Punisher. William Castle. I know. I know it's William oh, yeah. Castle, but... And quick, quick history lesson, if you don't know, William Castle, back in like the 50s and 60s, his whole shtick was there was always some like grandiose gizmo or accessory that went with his movies. If anyone's going to have smell vision it would be him. Yeah, like uh, there was one where it was, it was it's in uh, House on Haunted Hill. Emerjo or something? Yeah. He would, they would basically just zip line a skeleton across the theater. Yeah, from the screen into the back of the theater. So that, like, it felt like the skeleton was coming out of the screen at you. Yeah, he had this one. He, I think he did something with like vibrating seats back in the day for something called, I think it was called Shocker or something like that. Yeah. But I don't know. If you're interested in uh, like trivia or horror, horror, Directors. He's an interesting guy just because of the way he was trying to do like a kind of like a like a 4D thing before that was yeah. a thing. He was trying to make a fully immersive movie experience. Yeah, or at the very least, make you go, oh, "I wonder what that's about," and go watch his movie. But it's probably more what it was. Yeah. Uh, so, but apparently, according to the film, uh, viewers were giving a ghost viewer, mm-hmm. uh, which was a. Uh, piece of cardboard with two uh, horizontal bands of uh, colored transparent gels. Gels. Those are the terms. That's the theatrical term for them. Um, One was blue. One was red. If you believe in ghosts, you should look through the red when the screen turns blue. And if you don't believe in ghosts, you should look through the blue line when the screen turns blue. 
And yes, it's exactly what you're thinking right now after hearing how this works. Yeah. Yeah. You, you pretty much got it. So we got 3D glasses. So basically you could hold one. You could either like put them on and close one eye. Uh, I kind of got to the point where I would put the red one over one eye and then use the uh, the bow of the 3D glasses to block my other eye. So I didn't have to hold my eye closed for like minutes at a time. Because for some reason that makes my eye t- pardon me, makes my eyelids tired. Yeah. Also, I had four hours of sleep the night before, so keeping my eyes closed was a potential sleeping danger for me. Yeah. <laughs> for full disclosure, both of us may have almost fallen asleep during this one. Yeah, and it's not super long. It's it's like an hour, hour ten. It, it feels real long. Though. It feels real long, but it's not actually that long. Um, but. Yeah, so there's like a little intro telling you how to use your ghost viewer, and then they jump into the story, which is uh, Professor Zorba. Uh, so good. Yeah, Pre- Professor Zorba, who is teaching paleontology uh, at the University of LA or something, UCLA, I don't know. Um, no, he works at the museum, which is somehow even less prestigious. Right, okay, yeah, he works at the museum. And then... Uh, he he is it, it, he gets a phone call from his wife and apparently all of their furniture is in the process of being repossessed because they rent all of their furnishings in their apartment. Crazy. And they haven't made payments for like three months and they've got no money in the bank because he doesn't get paid for like another three weeks. So as she's calling, like just movers are in there like hauling like Dining room table, mirror over the fireplace, the chair she's sitting in. <laughs> the gooser to yeah. get her up out of the chair. <laughs> and by the time he finishes the phone call, she's just standing there in a bare room. And uh, she's like, and don't forget, did you get Buck's birthday present? And he's like, yep, I got it right here. She's like, well, don't forget it because we're having his party tonight. And they cut to the party and Buck is their, like, what, 10-year-old son? Yeah. And... They cut to the party, which is the you know it's Professor Zorba, Mrs. Zorba. There's uh, Buck Zorba, Buck Zorba, and what was her name? It started with an M. Uh, the twenty-eight-year-old daughter that lives with them. Medina or something. Oh, it was Medea. No, Medea. Medea. Yeah, I was like, oh, Tyler Perry's in this, and. Uh, yeah, and then, then they got him a book of ghost stories because apparently that's all he reads is ghost stories. And so when he goes to blow out the candle, like they're, he's going to blow out the candle. Like they're like, what's your wish? He's like, oh, if I say my wish, they, it won't come true. They're like, oh, sure it will. Like, he's like, I don't want to say it. She's like, they're like, if any wish, if you're making a wish and you don't want to, if you're, and you're scared to say it, then it's probably not a wish you want to actually come true. And he's like, fine, I wish that we had furniture. And uh, we lived in a place where we had furniture and didn't have to worry about it anymore. And blows out his candles. And then the ghostly wind comes in, this, comes in through the window. Mm-hmm. And then the doorbell rings. Yeah, and the world's creepiest telegram man is there. Oh, God, that dude was so <laughs> creepy looking. I like They cast that dude solely because of his face. Yeah, they're like, do you look Weird as fuck, man. You want to be in a movie? We'll pay you like I don't know. It was the sixties, like eighty-five cents, maybe. Probably. Like he was in the movie for all of forty seconds. So yeah, he got scale. Actually, no, it probably didn't exist back then. But 
And then, so then there's a telegram telling Professor Zorba to show up at Russ Parr's uh, attorney at law. Um, was it Ben Rush? Benjamin Rush, attorney Benjamin, at law. Benjamin Rush, attorney at law. Yeah, and they're like, who's this dude? Why is he sending me a telegram? Like, do I owe him money? <laughs> that was the first The first question was, do, I, do we owe him money? <laughs> Did you break some kind of law? <laughs> He's like, not uh, recently. Well, look, and, the, and him and the wife kind of look at each other and smile. And I was like, is this sodomy against the law? <laughs> Dude has been up to some shit. Yeah. Like, you're like, I think those two were like, well, we haven't committed any public sex acts in a while. <laughs> yeah. Or have we? Yeah. Um, so they go there, but it turns out that his uncle passed away recently and left him a house. And by house, we mean like, Mansion from like the early 1900s. Uh, what does the lawyers, the lawyers like? It's not really a house. It's one of those sprawling mansions that nobody wants. That they built Ugh. 50 years ago. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, who wants to have like a lot of land and house? Oh, it's fully furnished and there's like a housekeeper. Icky. Yeah, like who would ever want that? Don't uh, you guys live in like basically an empty apartment with no furniture? That's pretty dope, yeah. right? Also, there's this box. Yeah, here's here's a cool box. Yep. And, and I'll just leave you be for a while. Yeah. And they're hoping the box is full of uh, stocks and bonds because it's the 60s. Or just cash. Yeah. But it's not. It's full of ghost goggles. Yeah. That apparently kill flies on contact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to not fully recount. Well, actually, you can almost recount this whole fucking movie because there's not that much to it. Uh, so they move in. The uh, housekeeper is the the Wicked Witch of the West from the Wizard of Oz. They call her the, the kid. The Buck calls her a witch. She has a broom. Um, yeah, like they were like, "Ha ha! This is a meta joke. Yeah. Get it? She sure is a witch." Audible wink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it turns out that there are shockingly. It turns out that his uncle liked to go around the world trapping ghosts and bringing them back to his mansion and that he had caught 11 of them mm-hmm. and he ends up becoming the 12th but there's still a 13th ghost to be had and uh some i don't know shenanigans occur uh professor zorba the live one gets like the number 13 burned into his hand while when he sees like a burning like wheel of fire through the ghost goggles uh, and like the number 13 appears on the book that his uncle left like his journal the, the describing all the ghosts uh, it turns out that the housekeeper is a medium and it was had been helping the uncle um the lawyer had been his lawyer for a year or so also, apparently, the uncle had liquidated all of his stocks and bonds and other non-house assets as as cash, and then apparently put them somewhere where money grubbers couldn't find them. Yeah, which apparently is in the side of the staircase, which is opened when you slide down the banister. It's madness. Yeah. Uh, so the kid, Buck, finds the money because, you know, he likes to slide down the banister. He tells the lawyer, the lawyer's like, hey, Buck, we have a secret now. Don't tell people our secret. And I was like, this just sounds like he's a molester. But really, he's just greedy. 
well, not just greedy, but also uh, attempted child murderer. Murderly or lurer. And, uh, yeah, cause, and he also, like, tries to scare Medea uh, as dressing up like the uncle's ghost. Uh, they have a bed that squashes people. Yeah, which was very elaborate ruse to go through. Yeah, there's like a dial you turn on the bed and it causes the canopy to lower mechanically. That was absolutely a bottle cap with a nail through it. And like, why? Like, why? Like, is that so you can clean the top of the canopy like with a duster or something? No, I think the lawyer guy purpose built a deathbed. A, a deathbed. Okay, but not one that eats. No, no, there's no fried chicken in this one. Just one that's one that suffocates. Yeah. And so it it turns out that the lawyer is super greedy and is trying to find where the money was and he tries to convince uh, the family to move out. But then they find out that uh, Elphaba can contact ghosts. So they summon the ghost of the uncle and he is supremely unhelpful. He does make a horrible noise for about three straight minutes. Yeah. And then... Uh, they somehow figure out that the lawyer is responsible for the death of the uncle, or at least not preventing the death of the uncle. Um, but actually, he's a bad guy, and like they, the the Alphaba tells them that all the ghosts are left the house, but Buck's like, eh, they really left the house, and she's like, nah, they'll be back. Nah, no, they'll they'll be back. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's fine. And, I don't know, and then the movie just kind of ends. Yeah, the 13th ghost was you, the viewer. Yes. It, it, it wasn't. It no, was It was the lawyer. He yeah. Was, he was going to kill the lawyer. He knew what was up. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's the movie. Uh, it's, yeah, Chris, what did you, what, what are your feelings about this movie? Um, I, I, I don't think it's a very good movie, but it was cool to see, like, a William Castle movie and do the gimmick like in the theater that was cool um movie from the 60s so it already is going to have that weird 60s pacing i mean since it's a gimmick movie there's a lot of focus on the gimmick which honestly it's like cool for a minute yeah a literal minute tell us about the ghosts chris what do we know about the ghosts who Um, are the who are these 13 (laughs) ghosts well we have the Okay, so it's weird. It's weird how this works. Because some of the ghosts, we know, I think we have details on about three of these ghosts out of the... 13. 12, 12, 13. Yeah. Titular 13, actual 12. So like five, right? Because we know, we know, presumably the lawyer was 13, I I think. Sure. Uh, Uncle Zorba, he was one of them. Yep. You have... The lion tamer who put his head in the lion's mouth and got it bit off. The lion that bit his head off is also a ghost, implying that yeah, they killed the lion after biting off his head. And it's weird because the lion, like, it has the the head, the mane, the four legs. There's a blank spot, and then the rear legs. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what that was I don't know if about. that was just a coloring issue, or if, like, for some reason they intentionally didn't include the middle of the lion. I thought maybe, uh, maybe, they, were, maybe they were hiding his dick. Oh, maybe. 
and like they didn't know how to hide it any better than that. Uh, you have like Giuseppe, the the <laughs> the, the Italian the chef. Italian chef. I was Mario, or who killed like his wife and his mother-in-law and his sister and six others or something. Yeah, and for some reason, three of those count. But there are only one ghost, but yeah. there's three of them, so that's confusing. And then there's just other ghosts, like there's the arm with an axe that cuts off a head. Yeah, just like it's, so it's like a it's like an executioner or a headsman or something. But we don't fucking know anything about that one. There's an on fire skeleton. Yeah, I, I liked him. I'd like to know more about on fire skeleton. What's yeah. his What's his deal? There's just a floating skull. There was that one the the lady one that just yelled all the fucking time, just all the time. Yeah, like. Yeah, no real end. There's the burning wheel. Oh, I do a fire wheel. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I don't. It, like there's no context for most of these ghosts. Like it's so such a short movie that I feel like they could have like at least like a, a sentence or two. Just be like fire wheel came from Rome. It yeah. it was a spirit from the Colosseum where yeah. stuff and fires or something. I don't. Or it know. was I don't know Saint Catherine and they like they broke her on the wheel and then they lit the wheel on fire. You know, like, I don't care, like, something, like, anything. Uh, but, yeah, like, we get almost no context for them. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. It's short. It's just, it's kind of boring. The gimmick gets old pretty quick. It's fun to see it. Like, it's it's one of those things where you're like, ha, that's pretty neat. And then the next time, you're like, yeah, hey, yeah. And then the next time, you're like, okay, no, I'm... I don't even know if I'm picking them up this time. I think I might just look at it without it. Um, this was this does have a remake from like 2000 something Matthew yeah. Lillard at all. Yeah. Uh, the audience did not seem receptive to the remake. I don't remember it being terrible, but I also it's not high art or whatever. This movie is an hour and twenty five minutes. It felt like two fucking hours. It, yeah, but then like it had like an at most an hour's worth of. Uh, content in it yeah i mean you got 3d glasses look it up on youtube i'm sure it's on there and just like go for a minute and then you got it that's all you need yeah it's it's a it's a strong pass for me it's not like it doesn't have fun little bits like old uh buck buck's pretty good buck says some real dumb shit it's fun yeah um yeah, I guess the uh, moral of the story is is don't trust lawyers, I guess. What? Weird, right? What do you think, Troy? Uh, so I like to blame the fact that I almost fell asleep on it on my four hours of sleep. But I think part of that also was just the fact that the movie was kind of boring. Uh, it's not a super... Yeah, it's not a super interesting movie. The gimmick's fun for a while. Uh, I mean, it's a classic in certain ways. It was nice to see a classic in the theater the way it was meant to be seen. But, yeah, otherwise, I think it's well worth skipping. I don't I don't know what else I would say about that. It's, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Yeah. So, um, I would, yeah, skip. So, we then we went on to our third third movie another one from the 80s i believe yeah it was a uh, a regional horror movie uh from upstate new york direct to video shot on video shot on video 
Um, and that there was no one famous in it. No, no, there was one guy who that, that one guy. Yeah, one guy shows up in that movie where Jennifer Lawrence's character uh, dates like a fourteen-year-old. Um, Is that a real thing? I yeah. Well, she's like paid to. I think he's older than fourteen. I'm not sure. He's. I think he's eighteen. Still a virgin. His parents are like the dude needs to date. Can we pay you to date our son? Mm. Yeah, that's on Netflix. Um. Yeah, and then yeah. So it sounds like a terrible movie. I haven't watched it. Uh, the real pedophile was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they're supposed to date their son, not fuck their son. I guess. Um, if you're gonna go through all that trouble, buy, buy the poor kid a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a sex worker. There was that lady, and you know, down in Daytona Beach, or I'm sorry, Manatee Beach, he could have hooked up with. Um, but yeah, so this it was called the the title we got was the evil or the dead come home. Apparently, another title I think from Troma was dead dudes in a house. Yeah, I think that was it. it it's yeah, it's uh, it's a little wild, it's a little woolly, uh, but it was uh, it was so it, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know what to even say about it. Oh, the house on Tombstone Hill is also another name for it. Dead dudes in the house. Oh, dead dudes in the house. Uh, in the house. Apparently, the the poster for it looks as just doesn't even have characters. Oh, it has from, the wrong characters. Oh God, he was super right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's like WWE in your house. That's um, amazing. Yeah, but it starts out. The first scene feels very kind of John Watersy, like it, it. It just tonally, it kind of struck me like the opening to was it Desperate Living, the one like where yeah. like they're eating like the like there's the table with like the food on it, but there's like a rat. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of like for some reason that's what popped in my head when I saw the op- the intro scene. It is literally just a a girl. I mean, like, I don't know, like, probably in her teens, well, technically in her teens, probably actually in her 20s, uh, sitting there, sitting on a couch, and there's an old lady, like, walking back and forth in front of her, holding, like, a bloody knife, and then there's, like, a dead dude on the ground that just keeps pulling out for a bit, and then it stops, and there's, like, old-timey music playing, and then it cuts away from that. Uh, it had a record scratch. Oh, it had a record scratch. Absolutely. Yeah fucking killed me yeah like and it was like the yeah just like the what the color the color palette just i don't know for some reason it just struck me like that like fucking like a john waters movie yeah at first and i was like oh okay maybe this would be fun and this is like uh 1946 or something yeah it was like yeah because then they're like 40 years later yeah yeah 1986 and we meet up with a bunch of College kids, I suppose. It's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Well, one of them went to Georgetown. Yeah. At least one. Yeah. And they're, they're out in the middle of nowhere because Georgetown got this house on a super good deal. It's like a three story. There's a bunch of windows. It's all dilapidated. They're like, they practically just gave the house away. And he's there with his girlfriend, uh, another couple. Yep. Uh, Fifth wheel. Fifth wheel. And, and two carpenter guys, one of them who's a huge jerk. Yeah, which is pretty pretty fun. Yeah. 
and man, this thing just starts. The it's oh, I know who Bob is. Okay, so the jerk guy plays one of the the skinny uh, mobster from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's uh, okay. Yeah. So they they don't have enough beer to do carpentry. Right, because... A real problem. Yeah, if you're going to do carpentry, you have to, one, be able to smoke a cigarette ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then you need beer, because the three, carpenter's three tools are a hammer, nails, and beer. Yeah. So, one of the two carpenters, not Bob, yep. heads off to the back to the city to get beer. He's got to go to the Mara, the Mara store? Yeah, whatever that means. No, whatever your... What's the place near you? Your Mara the stop? Mara stop. A Mara stop, that's what it is. Hasn't been the Mara stop for like 15 years, but that's still <laughs> what we call it. <laughs> well, that's how, you, that's how you don't dox yourself, Chris, as you call it by the name it used to have, make it harder for Christian to find you. And uh, the gang has trouble getting into a door. This will not be the only time this happens. No. Like the first... So yeah, Bob tries it first, won't open... Georgetown tries it next, won't open. And then Fifth Wheel's like, you got to use a little bit of finesse and you have to, you know, kind of stroke it with your magic fingers to get it to open. Um, and then it opens. Yeah. I mean, the... Honestly, the plot in this one is very slight. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, this one, it's all... It's not the destination, guys. It's the journey on yeah. this one. Like, because... Turns out there's an old lady running around in there. Yeah. And by old lady, I mean somebody dressed like an old lady. You mean Aunt Zelda? Um, Isn't that, that Zelda from uh, what, Pet Cemetery? Was she yeah. an aunt? I don't remember. Um, every time the old lady speaks, it is a national treasure. <laughs> She's like Yoda. Like, hmm. like she kind of like, doesn't do like the, the flipping verbs and nouns around and shit, but like. Like, oh, I killed him, gosh. I don't think there was a single time she spoke that the entire theater did not laugh at it. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah, like just some of the verbal mannerisms reminded me of Yoda and it drove me up. And like, even like the way she, quote unquote, she would purse her mouth after saying things was very like Yoda. I, I that's all I could say. They, the fucking actor must have watched, must have watched fucking like Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi and been like, yes. That is what I will use to, to inspire me to play an old lady is Yoda. And I know I'm trying to think what the best way, because this, not a lot happens. Right, so but so all, basically, all the fun is in the details. Yeah. Though. So Georgetown gets got first because he's, they, well, they're, so they're, they're putting around. They're trying to like figure out what the fuck to do because they can't get back out because the doors are shut doors shut front door st- shut everybody like, tries to open it it doesn't work again and they all have their own little method well if you push in on it and then you turn the doorknob then they'll come out and, or if you you know if you, you you kick it twice and then rub your butt up against it and then pull on the handle it, it'll open up or whatever like you know if you have a beaver with a handgun shoot it then it will open up um none of it works no and I wish I wish I had Charlie from Horse Show Hot Dogs talent for making up weird like requirement. He, he would totally been like, oh, if you do this, this, and this, and it'd been funny. But instead, I had to. You he know, said butt. That was rub your butt against it. That's pretty go. good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Charlie is superior to me in that respect, and others. And 
Yeah, so they can't get out the front door. They try to go out the back door, have the same issue. They try to drill out the back door, but it's made of lead. Yeah, it's the like, hardest of all substances. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> drilling lead. You can't get through it. And I was like, fucking hilarious. Like, you can pull lead off of the. You can just pour the doorknob off if it was lead. Yeah, it's lead. <laughs> just rub it, your hands against a little bit if you need to warm it up a little bit. Jesus you mean Christ. lead, no, notoriously deformable lead? <laughs> I bet that drill will never get through that. Yeah, like just take your lighter and like warm it up a little bit and hit it with a stick. But yeah, but while they're doing that, Georgetown decides to go try to find the old lady to convince her to leave the house because it's his house now. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I wouldn't want some old lady, yeah. old lady in up my house. Yeah, she probably smells like old lady. And then, uh, and then so his girlfriend keeps yelling up to him, but then he like stops yelling back and she goes up to investigate. Uh, old lady tells her that she killed him. Yes. Yeah, just straight up says it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, it was brutal. Like, he was begging, like, for it to end. Like, I mean, she's just like, but she says, like, so, like, non nonchalant, matter of fact. Just like, oh, yeah, I fucking murdered, murdered, murdered his ass. It was, it was great. Um, and then she leaves that room, and he his ghost... Super unclear yeah. what exactly is transpiring. He's all like covered in blood and kind of pale and doing his best Christian Slater impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's I don't I don't know what his end game is. Like No, it, I so I mean we figure we find out eventually that his end game is he's trying to lure her into some place where she can be killed. Yeah, by what's her head? Old yeah, lady. Old lady. And but the other that girl's doesn't fall for it and ends up like running back downstairs and like freaking out at the everyone else, and they all try to like break open the windows with repeated uh, what one by fours. Yeah, yeah, that's it's so good. Yeah, just it, every time they hit the window, if one of them breaks, and they do it. Over and over like, and over. It's got to be 10 or 15 times oh, between God. all of them. It is so funny. They try to like throw a sawhorse <laughs> at it at one point and just fail. Uh, oh, God. It's so, it was just, it was fucking bonkers. Just how dumb that was. And it was so funny. Um, but eventually, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. So then they like, they, they weapon up. Yep. And one dude goes to grab a like a fucking one of those giant like foot long screwdrivers that are you know like the width of, like the diameter of your pinky in diameter, and Carpenter Bob is like or Bob the Builder is just like oh you're never gonna bash someone's skull in with that you should get a board like a uh, girlfriend over there you know and so that guy switch that fifth wheel switches to something else uh, other guy who is. Kind of obviously gay, uh, who has a girlfriend, the other the guy from the other couple. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but he was really pinging my gaydar, and I kind of expected him to just, like, come out at some point during the, the movie, but he doesn't. Spoiler. Um, well, they go out of their way to code him as very effeminate. Yeah, yeah, like, and he, yeah. It's it was really weird. It was, a, it was an odd choice to, to do things the way they did, uh, but he is given a wooden handle 
that they use leather and nails to attach a uh, circular saw blade to. That's his weapon. Like, and it's off, so the handle's like offset from the center. It's more, I guess, kind of towards the edge. And it is the least practical looking weapon I've seen on a movie in a movie in a while. Yeah, it looks like if it did anything, it would just break immediately once it yeah. hit any resistance. Yeah, and it might like slash your skin a little bit or something. Like, it might give you like a, a cut, like a night, not even a terrible cut, but just kind of a cut. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, it looks like it's completely impractical, but man, was he super happy to have it. Yeah. And I guess more or less what happens is one of them gets split off from the group. They get got in varying amusing and delightful ways. Yep. They uh, come back as a ghost. Right. To get convinced the next person to split off from the group to get them killed. Unless it doesn't work, in which case the Grant, old lady shows back up to do it. Yeah, and just kills someone. Uh, other Carpenter shows back up at some point. Yeah. And he, he climbs. He, uh, one of the windows opens. He climbs a ladder up to it, but the ladder falls off from his feet, so he's hanging by his fingers. And then uh, Zelda just cuts his hands off with an axe. And he falls to the ground, laying there with like his stumpy arms, and then she just throws a metal pole, like a like a fucking metal like fence post, <laughs> like chain link fence post, down through his chest, and he just spurts blood, and it was amazing. Yeah, the effects stuff in this is the only reason to watch it. I Ed, mean, it's hilarious, but it, the effects are it's yeah. like a different movie. Ed French, I think, was the makeup artist. Yeah, I, it's so good. Yeah. Um, what other some fun kills? Uh, Bob the Builder gets uh cut in half with uh, but cut, he's half in half out of the window uh at, towards the end, and then the window pane comes down and it's jagged at the like jagged glass at the end for some fucking reason, and it cut like it just get it just hits him it goes up hits him again goes up like guillotines him again and goes up and like it just like keeps like chopping down through him so by bit by bit and then until his bottom half just falls off eventually yeah <laughs> it's just like what like you just and the whole time everyone's like oh my god it's ah! and he's just and he's screaming and everyone's screaming and it just keeps going and going and you're just like that's fucking amazing. oh god what did he say he said something so funny when that was happening oh god i don't remember now oh yeah he shouts something like uh this is bad or something yeah like <laughs> to that effect i don't remember exactly what this he said good yeah, I think it was this as it could. <laughs> as this window has slammed into his spine like 11 times already. Yeah. And and at some point, about two-thirds of the way through the movie, we cut to... <laughs> two kids a, in a field. A midnight field where one kid's sitting like in a lawn chair. Like, you know, like one of those like metal chairs with the fucking nylon straps woven into uh, across it. And... One friend's trying to convince him to go to that house, and then the friends in there's like, "Why the fuck would I go to the house?" And they're like, "Well, fine, I'm going to go to the house." And they're like, "Okay, fine, I guess I'll go to the house too and support you." <laughs> if you were any kind of friend, yeah. you wouldn't let me just go to this ghost house. You'd yeah, come with me. <laughs> and he's like, "Nah, <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna do it." Yeah, but they go to the ghost house uh, and they make their way in. 
they stumble across the uh, the 1940s girl uh, taking off her 1940s clothes. Uh, she's getting ready to like. She's like, why don't you stay and enjoy the show? And then she's gonna like start reaching for her top, like her bra, to unhook it in the front. And like the guys are like, woo woo woo, and they're you know in their faces. And then uh, Zelda just fucking like claws the, claws, claws one him. dude's like face, and he just falls to the ground. And then the other guy like stag- like she then she hits that the one guy. He ends up getting back up, and then his friend gets up and. He's like, dude, are you right? And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm dead. And then runs off. <laughs> and just, yeah, follows 40s girl away. And I guess they got married. I don't have any idea what happened they after got, that. They got ghost married. They got ghost married. Yeah. It's not legally binding. It's yeah. more of a spiritual union. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we, if we can get that in front of the Supreme Court, I'm pretty sure they will uh, support it. It's a ghost. It's spiritual. Yeah. Like, okay. All right, I'm just... Just checking. Yeah, no, I got it. I, I enjoyed it. That's funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't, but thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so they, yeah, so each of them ends up dying um, until we're left with the best friend ever and fifth wheel. Yeah, uh, best friend ever being the one who supported his friend going to the ghost house, and. They're chased around for a while until they have a final confrontation with Zelda and they threw blunt force trauma to people, everyone's brains like this. This movie was fucking like traumatic brain injury. The movie, (laughs) everybody at some point took a headshot. Yeah. Every door was impossible to open. And every time, every time they use that stupid board like a battering ram. Oh yeah, they're like, yeah, like yeah, it's a fucking like it's, yeah, it's like a one by four, it's not even a two by four, and they just like ram it like end first into a door, and it would like fly open, like they just fucking hit it with like a tree trunk. That was so good. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so they have final confrontation. Uh, they managed to kill uh, Zelda, the ghost, who was already dead. Yeah. Uh, and then as he's but it, but sadly best friend ever uh dies during the confrontation uh fifth wheel makes his the final girls his way out of the house the turns around and there's best friend ever who then attacks him and then the movie ends yeah like mid attack so you don't know what happened yeah presumably dies he did yeah so Chris, what did you think of this movie? Um, it's good. It's real good. It's real bad, but it's real good. It, it it's like the the acting is ridiculous. The stuff that they're doing is just so so weird. Like it's it's like none of these people understand how anything works. <laughs> they're like babies. Just like, oh, let's, let's try this. It's. It is pretty amazing. The effects work and the gore stuff is so much better than it has any right to be. I don't know how they found whoever they found. I I don't know how they found this dude and how he agreed to do this. Yeah. Because it's it it's so fun to watch. It's not high art, but it man is it fun. Like just some of the some of the line reads and just 
Why, why? Why were those two kids all of a sudden in there? They just come out of nowhere. No. It's like, oh, oh shit, we gotta pad this out. Like Can we get can we get uh can we get that girl back in like for a shot or two or no? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean she was just sitting there before. I mean, can she do something? Um I do har- I do highly recommend that you look up the poster for Dead Dudes, Dead Dudes in, in the, in the house. house. Um You'll know it when you see it, and none of them are in it. It's kind of amazing. Oh, so Ed French was key hairstylist and key makeup artist for Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job, Crimbus Special. Uh, that tracks. Yep. I mean, I say watch it. I don't know how hard this would be to find. Oh, he did Midnight Meat Train, Burn to Sleepaway Camp. He's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's The it's, Dead Girl. It's super fun. Like, this is what what you kind of would be looking for in, like, an 80s un- unknown movie. Like, it's it's dumb, it's gory, it's goofy. I say watch it. Watch it twice, maybe. What do you think, Troy? This movie is kind of the exact kind of movie I love. It was it was dumb. There were some good kills. The characters were fun. Some of them were kind of shitty. The Bob the Builder was kind of shitty, but everyone else was kind of like they were just normal people, and like they had kind of normal reactions to things, like freaking out about doors not opening. The fucking door, the fucking gag of everyone trying to open every door and failing was just stupid but funny. Uh. Zelda was disturbing, but like again, like Yoda, and I'm a sucker for Yoda. Uh, no, this was this was like my kind of garbage. I believe is what I told the guy running uh, Dismember this year. Like that was that was perfect for me. Um, it hit everything I love about like slashers. I kind of want to now like try to track down some more. Upstate New York, 1980s regional horror direct-to-video bullshit. Because, like, that just that seems to me maybe that's my oeuvre. Like, they're like you know the, the what I love the most. I don't know, but it was it was real good. It was real bad, but it was real good. So I say watch it. Um, that sh- brings us to our final movie, which we were we were, we were given hints before each movie by the guy running it. Uh, and I believe this was, it was, it's 1970, 1971, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. It was the first movie given an X rating for violence. Um, it was part of a double feature with I Eat Your Flesh. I think that was what it was. And it was renamed for that. And also that apparently theaters were given the, ob- the, the license to basically make their own cut. So there are like literally thousands of cuts of this because every theater apparently did their own cut based on what they were sent and what they thought they could get away with showing. And we were told that this was the theatrical cut, which again, I'm not sure what that means because there were thousands of theatrical cuts at the end of the day. So we saw what we saw and uh, Chris was hoping that this was, I spit on your grave. Yeah. I was hoping more than it was. It was not. It was, I taste your blood. I drink your blood. I drink your blood. I think. 
something like that. Yeah. It is a 1970s exploitation movie, which means I don't really, you don't, we don't even need to ask Chris what he thought of this movie. It's true. It is Chris's movie. Yeah. But, but we should probably talk about it anyway. So, okay. You got this hippie cult. And not just hippie cult. Hippie Satanist cult. Yes. They're a hippie Satanist cult. Uh, they are performing hippie Satanist rituals. Yep, there was a chicken that was killed on screen. For real. For real. Yeah, it's one of those movies. Yeah. I Presumably, this is probably what got it the X. Yeah, also, um, was this one that had a bunch of sniffing in it? Okay. Yeah, this, this Christian, you should not watch this movie. Yeah, this is the one where they, they were doing the eating, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Christian, this movie's not for you, just FYI. And, uh, yeah, so there's a hippie Satanist cult sacrificing a chicken, pouring the blood from the chicken. Hopefully that was quote-unquote blood, not real blood, uh, onto a naked Asian lady who was not covered in sushi. She was covered in some sort of stuff fruits fruits yeah but not sushi i was like oh my understanding is you only eat sushi only the only food you eat off naked women is sushi they're being spied upon by one of the local girls from town in her fucking mod squad dress yeah the leader of said cult is bandana man yeah um he is a central asian indian Playing a Native American? It's... Ish. It's weird. Horace is the name he goes by. Complicated. Also sporting a little man bush, uh, because most of the characters at this point are nude. Yes. And so you get the top of his man bush, which is as much... As close as we get to seeing Dingle Dangle in this one, but that's better than nothing, I guess. Also had to sit next to an eight-year-old... Uh, this eight-year-old son of a friend of mine while seeing this guy's man bush, so that was nice and comfortable. Totally. Yeah. He runs off on account of the, you know, the generalized satanic hippie cult well, because chicken the, blood thing. And one of the girls is like, hey, there's someone watching us. And Horace is like, get her. And then naked men chase her through the woods for a while. Yeah. But somehow you don't get... They don't, like, dudes run naked through the woods. Somehow you don't see their dicks. Yeah, like kudos, I guess, to, yeah. to that. Um, they catch up with her. Yeah. It's an exploitation movie. Uh, you, know, you know what's happening. There's implied rape. Yeah, they don't show it, thank the Lord. Yeah. Like, they just, like, literally cut away to, like, a woman at a bakery. Yeah. And she's loading up her car, and they see this young lady... Uh, not looking great, limping and bleeding, and she got a cut on her leg. And like, that's the thing is, like, they could have just beat her up. They don't really like they they don't ever mention rape. I, I guess it's implied, but I'm not actually certain it happened. They never actually say it. And she like re- she recovers emotionally pretty quickly from it, so maybe it didn't happen, or maybe they just don't understand how rape and trauma works it was either one's possible it was super implied even though they never specifically say it outright yeah it was just the fact that she bounced back so quickly that made me think maybe it didn't happen she did within like a day and a half yeah i've had colds for longer 
it bothered me more mm-hmm. emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, COVID was worse than her ass- assault in this movie, apparently. So we meet up with Team Bakery. Yep. Well, first they take her home. Her and her brother, who is working with Bakery Lady. Yep. Bakery Lady, not related to them. No. Seems like she is. She is not. She is not. They live with their grandfather. The town veterinarian. No word as to what happened to their parents. Mm, nope. Just not here. Um, so they take sister home so that grandpa can look at her. And to his credit, he's like, I'm a fucking veterinarian. What do you want me to do? He does say like, that his do- his granddaughter is not an animal. Which is technically incorrect. Yeah. Which is the best kind of incorrect. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, meanwhile, the Satan hippie cult is trying to leave town, but their Satan hippie cult van breaks down. Um, and they play a prank on the dude still left asleep inside oh, this, of it. This classic prank. We've all done this. Yeah, where you just close up the vehicle and push it over into a ravine. Yeah. With the dude still asleep in it. Yeah, and then you run up and open the door and go, ha you probably Go- have serious spine problems. Gotcha! <laughs> You're probably not going to walk right ever again. Get it? Yeah. yeah. That's what you get for, I don't know, being in a satanic hippie cult, I guess. And being asleep. Yeah. So they they go walking into town. Yeah, and this town basically exists to service a work camp at a dam that they are building? So, yeah, for some reason, like, it used to be a town, but now the only reason anybody is there is for this damn project, because everybody yeah. else has left. Yeah, and presumably Bakery Lady's husband is, is either dead or has left, and she because she's Mrs. Nash, and she is very good friends with Mr. Roberts up at the dam, and apparently it is his fault that they even have, that he requested... That the bakery be kept open so that his men could get fresh baked goods. But really, it was to support Mrs. Nash because they are sweet on each other. Yeah. And Mrs. Nash blames the dam workers. Like, the people that work on the dam, not the goddamn workers. Yeah. But like, dam workers. Yeah. Uh, D-A-M, not D-A-M-N. For the assault. Not knowing of the Satan hippie cult. Right. Uh then so and then uh, Horace and his curly-haired pregnant female companion, well, who doesn't seem to really like like him that much. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody really likes him all that much. I think they're just scared of him. Yeah, because he's kind of crazy. Yeah, he has a sword. He does have a sword. Yeah, uh, oh, that makes me think of that. The, the, the song in that one yeah anyway where the the fucking Dixeno like Dirk Seni like fucking tear up the, the the town um anyway so yeah so they show up at the bakery they buy some baked goods there and find out that the town's basically abandoned but there's an old hotel that is closed that they decide that they're going to live in uh, after having the Asian lady guide them there because I think she she does tarot and stuff. I think supposedly like they think she must have psychic powers or something. Yeah, she she got the good word from the the Satan himself. Yeah, yeah, the you know that that meat substitute guy. So they they 
have a contest to see who can kill the most rats at the disheveled hotel. Yep. Which apparently, according to IMDb trivia, the the director has said the only animal that was killed for the movie was the chicken. So any other dead animals we see were, were not specifically deaded for the movie. Uh, I mean, that's better. Yeah. So none of the rats we saw were killed for the movie? They were just incidentally killed. No, they were rats. They were pests, right? Yeah. Quote, yeah, unquote. But I mean, how do you source those? Rat store. So you mean the director called up an exterminator and said, this is a not a movie director. We have a rat problem. Can you please bring the carcasses to the movie set? I yeah. mean, my house. Oh, they used the train. They used the rats later in Willard. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, the chicken was for real. That goat yes. was definitely a dead goat. Yeah, the dead, the dead. They probably just bought a dead goat and dragged it around. Yeah, yeah. and then probably ate it later. I hope. Anyway, so. The winner of rat contest gets to be like the head cult. of the cult for the day. Yeah. And it's uh the guy who wins decides that he's tired of sacrificing chickens or whatever, so they're going to cut the feet of a guy and hang him up to bleed him out, I guess. I'm not 100% sure what so the they end want, game was. Basically, there. he thinks that the guy they played the prank on what is he's not a true believer and they're going to make him feel pain suffer pain because pain is a sign of life because you know you can't feel pain if you're dead and so they start torturing him except for they just cut each of his feet once and he passes out from the pain immediately immediately and they're like well fuck this guy we're gonna hang him from a bowling in the roof of this, in the attic of this hotel and let his feet drip on the ground while we swing him around to wake him up? Yeah. And meanwhile, Grandpa has figured out that the hippie Satan cult is responsible for what happened to his granddaughter. Yeah, because his granddaughter was sweet on one of the dudes, and the dude is maybe sweet on her. Yeah, but also as a member of a cult. Yeah. A hippie Satan one. Yes. So Grandpa goes to get sweet, sweet old-fashioned vengeance with his shotgun of his his fucking double-barreled shotgun. Um, doesn't go great for him. No, uh, Horace breaks his glasses, just takes his gun away from him, uh, and then they they beat him. He punches uh, Grandpa, and then one of the girls gives Grandpa LSD. Yeah, and it's presumably gonna fuck him. It seems like it, maybe. Yeah, I think she's going to fuck him. But then uh, fucking Chunk shows up and... Uh, does the truffle shuffle. Yeah, does the truffle shuffle and convinces them to like bring out his grandfather. And I'm pretty sure that girl was going to fuck the grandfather was going to try to fuck Chunk. I mean... He, she, he's she, like, what, 10, 12, maybe? She seems pretty much down for whatever. Yeah, she's DTF. Regard. Yeah. Period. Yeah, DTF. E, e, for, e for everything. Yeah. It ain't even got to be fuckable. She'll, no. She'll try. Yeah. Um, everything is a dildo if you're brave enough. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then so, like, they hand off the grandfather to Chunk, who takes him back to uh, the, uh, through the 
hotel or to back to his house and uh, assaulted sister explains to Chunk about the wonders of LSD. And he's like, LS what? (laughs) It's three letters, kid. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. It's it's not. What are you? What are you so confused about? LSD. Well, well, what? Yeah. Uh, But there's there's two things this movie will teach you. It is that Satanist hippies are always high on LSD Mm -hmm. and that LSD will turn you into a sex machine if you are an old grandpa. Yeah, well, it'll teach you a couple other things. It also, packs of hyenas will roam in front of you, <laughs> and uh, and also that rabies is uh, will make you afraid of water and it can be transmitted by any kind of contact at all. Yeah, any, any eye contact transmit rabies. <laughs> and Chunk, uh, Chunk decides he's going to get revenge against the Satan hippie cult. Yep. In the only way. Well, he well, first of all, he grabs a shotgun, and you're like, "Oh, he's gonna go out there and try to shoot the fucking hippies," and then he hears like this low growl in the woods, and this German shepherd is in the woods growling at him for no fucking reason. So he he shoots the German shepherd because it is a mad dog. It has it has the rabies. Yeah, and this is when he hatches his plan. Yeah, vengeance. So he goes back to the back to his grandfather's basement and starts pulling all this weird veterinary crap. And everyone in the theater is kind of like, huh? And then, but Chris, being the exploitation aficionado that he is, is like rabies blood. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You just gotta ask yourself, what is the what what is the worst possible thing this child could be doing right now? Harvesting the rabid the blood the rabies infected blood of the German Shepherd. I was I knew it was gonna end up in the Satan hippie cultist somehow, but I wasn't hundred percent sure what the delivery method was gonna be. Yeah. It turns out delivery method, meat pies. Yeah. I kept calling them meat pies, but those things were clearly like those little like budget banquet. They were like the, the, the banquet, banquet like pot pies. Pot pies. Yeah. Oh man. So we, I loved those as a kid, and so my parents every now and then would get them. And since you know, like we'd get like beef and turkey and chicken and whatever, and I always wanted the beef one because you know beef is best. And and so like my parent our parents my, would would like take a knife like a butter knife and carve your initial into the top of the the pot pie so that you knew which one was yours when they baked it. So I don't know if anyone else's parents did that. But if you if you're a parent and you have one serve pot pies to your children and have differentiate between them, then you can do that. It works great. We put a B and a T depending. So we knew which one was which. Oh, uh, really? For so we knew which ones were the beef ones and which ones. Oh, uh, so no, we did T for ones. Troy, E for Eric. Well or E R for Eric, E L for Elaine, and C for Chuck. Yeah, just that was bad foresight on your parents' part to have the two E names. Yeah, yeah. Like have, they should have planned the pot pie scenario exactly a, a little better. They were more worried about people shortening our names or giving us nicknames. Uh, but you know, so Troy was, you know, they can't really shorten Troy too much. Uh, he Roy is about the worst that it gets. Uh, so, I guess that's true. Yeah. Eric, I think the only thing for Eric I've heard is, uh, one of the women that he was dating, her daughter called him Rickick cause she couldn't say his name properly. <laughs> and that, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that was what they were more worried about. 
And yeah, and so he so fucking chunk takes the uh, the rabies blood, injects it into pot pies, and then convinces through the power of discounts the uh, the the fucking Manson family to uh, to buy his pot pies and eat them. And they make the most disgusting like mouth noises as they're eating them. Like it honestly was the most off-putting thing I had seen during the entire thing. It was horrible, and it's bad and they, enough that and they, they're doing that. And they, then they focus in on their mouth; like they just close up on these mouths the whole time. Now, the dude who was sweet on uh, assaulted sister. Decides not to eat one because he's like, I had pot pie yesterday. I can't have a pot pie today, which is complete madness to me. But he uh, he, he doesn't have one. One of the the pregnant lady has one or part of one and decides it tastes weird and stops. And, the, and one of the girls is like, you just have morning sickness. It's the rabies blood. Yeah. And so Horace just like fucking at least eats two of them himself, if not more. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so everyone else eats them, uh, and then we are treated to the description of rabies, which is only semi-accurate. Yeah, it's called rabies. It's called rabies. It keeps you from drinking water because I think it's painful to swallow or something. Like your throat swells shut or something. Like basically, you can't drink you become, water. Yeah, you become hydrophobic. But you, yeah, they say hydrophobic. Like you become afraid of water. It's not that you're afraid of water really with rabies, right? Like you just can't drink. So yeah. you get like super thirsty and it drives you a little nutty and then you die eventually. But they, they, they mean like you're scared of water. Yeah. Which I don't think is accurate. No. No, like it's like hydrophobic um like the covering you put on stuff. Or yeah, like, like, like materials, put, like where water just beads up on it. You put a like, hydrophobic coating on your phone screen or whatever and yeah. then water won't stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the kind of hydrophobia they mean, not like, oh no, I have hydrophobia. I have an irrational fear of water. Uh, yeah, but don't worry about that. No, it's also uh, rabies. I'm pretty sure not an STD. Also, I'm not sure eating rabies blood will give you rabies. I think you need to have like blood to blood contact or I, like s- saliva to blood contact. Yeah, because like your stomach is a rather inhospitable uh, place. A lot of hydrochloric acid in there, uh, bile, things like that, tends to kill a lot of things. I would assume rabies is probably one of them. I'm not going to try to find out, though. I'm not doing that experiment, just FYI. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But n- none of that's important. The important thing is now they all have rabies. Yes. And uh, Asian lady, uh, Chun-Li, uh, she, she does a tarot. And she pulls the Ten of Swords, which says death on it. Yeah, she got a bad tarot. Literally has the X, the Roman numeral 10 at the top of the card. And has got 10 fucking swords stuck. I think I had the tarot deck that had that image in it. But then it says death at the bottom. And again, as anyone who knows about tarot knows, the death card does not literally mean death. It means transition or change. Uh, But not that I know a lot about tarot, but... I'm a big, huge nerd and wish magic was real, so of course I dabbled in tarot a little bit. Also, I don't think magic's real. So true. Yeah. Still a big, huge nerd. Um, but yeah, so in the, in the 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 black guy, just because that's literally his defining quality in the group is that he is black. 
Yeah. Um, sorry. Like, it's not trying to be intent. Not, not trying to, like, be. Uh, he decides he decides that means that he should stab the dude that they hung up from the rafters earlier and just ten times ten times yeah with a knife just stabs him ten times yeah um the guy does not take it well and dies yeah he's allergic to ten stab wounds yeah. <laughs> which I mean aren't we all though mm. probably uh, we probably should not get too in depth um basically. Rabies turns you into a toothpaste rage zombie. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like twenty eight days later, but also you're scared of water. And also you have like toothpaste foam around your mouth. Not even like Alka Seltzer foam. It's like toothpaste foam. Yeah. Um, the hippie cult is terrorizing the general area. Yeah. They, um, the the really horny girl who wants to fuck grandma, father, and chunk. Uh, ends up be meeting the dudes from the camp and gets taken back up to the work camp and proceeds to bang slash infect all of them. Yeah. And, uh, those guys start chasing our heroes around and they at one point stop them by going to the river and splashing water at them because <laughs> they are hydrophobic. And that's when that guy biffs it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Cause like these are the fucking rage guys are like just running a full tilt. These dudes and one dude just hits something and just fucking like eats shit. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just right in the background. He just, it's falls. super obvious though. Like yeah. everybody saw it. Yeah. There's no way they didn't know that was going in the edit. The, the, the editor was like, fuck it. We, we can't, we can't shoot it again. Yeah. Like that's the edit. Yeah, that now the you have the dam workers and the hippie cult all infected. Everybody is running amok. There's a lady. There's a mute lady. Like she literally, like one of the cult members just can't speak, and apparently she doesn't know any better because she's a mute <laughs> about something. Yeah, I mean, like I apparently in this world, uh, your ability to speak also affects your cognitive function. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Uh, there's an electric knife hand chop off mm-hmm. as a result of that, um, which is kind of gnarly. Not super gnarly because they don't. This got like an X for violence, but it's everything we saw in our cut was like, here's the thing coming at the person, and then here's the after effects of the thing. There was no like, you don't see like a fucking like electric knife like sawing through someone's wrist you just see electric knife swung at someone and then mute lady holding a severed hand like after the the lady whose hand got cut off came running out of the house clutching her stump arm like i don't it's got to be the animal stuff i don't see what else it could be yeah i don't know like it's it's or unless our cut just somehow managed to erase all of the actual like Okay, so there is at least a director's cut that they said exists yeah. also. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe the director's cut is the original cut. This was the one that was cut down enough to even get it to not be X. Yeah. In fact, they cut the ending on it, which is why it ends the way it does. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, so anyway, yeah, people run around. Uh, one lady, I think, oh, the horny girl, when she gets picked up by the workmen, Tells them that the there's a black guy chasing her through the woods. Wolf. Yeah, like it was like oh god. 
Um, there's there's a yeah a little bit of quite a bit of misogyny, quite a bit of racial uh, bias in here. Um, yeah, it's not. This is it's a 1971 movie. It is not. Uh, it is not woke. Um, Super not woke. Yeah, it's an exploitation movie. Uh, so it kind of culminates with uh, bread lady chunk sister and uh, uh, heart of gold Manson family member the the blonde guy who was sweet on sister uh, who did not eat the meat pie and is therefore not contaminated after chunk tells them what happens they're all like oh yeah well that makes sense why they're all crazy it's like yeah funny story uh, I may have gave a bunch of rabies blood to those hippies yeah apparently there is a scene that got cut where he tells the police and they just laugh at him that would have been real good. Yeah, it's a shame that was cut. Yeah, and uh, so they're 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 at one point they hold off the horde with a garden hose. It's real good because again hydrophobic. <laughs> um, Heart of gold gets got. Yeah, he gets his head cut off, and then one dude, every chance he gets, holds the head up at the at the camera like ha <laughs> the head the head. He's like he's like Al Snow, like yeah. on steroids. Well, on more steroids, um, and then uh, and then so and they so bakery lady sister and chunk make their way to the car to drive off. Um, bakery lady's hand gets bit. She Vi- absolutely gets bit. Visibly, you see someone biting her hand. They get in the car. The rage toothpaste rage zombies tip the car over. And then the police show up and just like you just see the police. It's like fucking Chainsaw Massacre 2 when they just show up at the end and just unload into the house. Like or at least it's the the opening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. I don't know the one with Alexander Daddario in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What is that's kind of the supposed to be the end of one. Yeah. Nothing counts two. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. The fucking just the, like all you see are a bunch of cop cars show up. Guys get out of cars, cop cars and unload every kind of firearm they could find. There's rifles, there's shotguns, there's pistols. Like everything. I was one dude who had an Adelaide and a fucking javelin. Like it was nuts. And then at some point they're like told like, and then like hey, there's a there's like a woman and women and a child in that car. And they're like hold hold your fire after they've like literally like. Put like four thousand rounds down range yeah. at that point. Just and then they they fish them out and all they they just fish out the sister and chunk. No, they get. Do they get bakery yeah, lady too? Bakery ladies there. All right, they put them in a hearse slash rescue vehicle. The emergency hearse. <laughs> it says like something like PD rescue vehicle, but I'm like that's a hearse. That's a hearse. And then they drive off, and then the the doctor, one of the doctors, is like, "Yeah, rabies is a bitch." Yeah, boy, rabies sucks. And then it, like it's a terrible way to die. And then the movie ends. But apparently, there is a cut scene or a scene that was cut at the final end where Baker Lady is revealed to be rabid, kills one of the dudes when he comes to, or when he comes to oh, so he, the um, Mr. Roberts, uh, the guy who was running the the work camp. When he comes to visit her in bed, she kills him, and uh, apparently that is in the uh, the recent Blu-ray release of the film. Have that in there, so they do address the fact that uh, 
it just she got bit. Kind of stops. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Chris, what did you think of this movie? I mean, even though I said I shouldn't need to ask you that. Yeah, it's my jam. You're not on board with sat- satanic hippie cult gets fed rabies blood from a child and meat pies and goes on a countywide killing spree. And I mean, you're not going to like it. But then I have to ask you, ask you, what kind of person are you? <laughs> I am not Chris. Cause, yeah. Cause that checks my boxes personally. It's, it is what it is. It's a seventies exploitation movie. Um, goes too far in some spots, but that's why I like them. Because it's weird and off-putting. Um, rabies blood, man. He fed them fucking hippies rabies blood. That's all I know. I love it. It's it's real good. I would be super curious to hunt down whatever like uncensored version of this might exist. Sounds or, like the Blu-ray is the way to go, Chris. I, I would be super curious... I would be curious enough to steal it, not curious enough to pay like $75 for it. But if the Blu-ray was reasonably priced, I would actually consider buying it just because I want to know why. Because it honestly seems pretty fucking tame. And I know worse than like Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Like Cannibal Holocaust is it's probably worse. worse. Yeah. When it comes to the violence and stuff. Yeah. So I, I am super curious what isn't in this that got it, that X rating. I mean, seventies exploitation. I I like it, but I can't recommend it because you're either into this or you're not. I mean, there's no amount of talking sweet about rabies blood that's going to change that. I say watch it, but yeah, you probably won't. What do you think, Troy? It was okay. Um, it was entertaining. It was it was an exploitation movie. It obviously does not age well. It probably didn't age well. It, Two years after it was it came out, uh, but they wouldn't even release the original cut. Yeah. Of it. That's how poorly it aged. They didn't release the Snyder cut. Give me the Snyder hashtag Snyder cut. Blah blah. Um, I it's okay. I it was not my favorite of the four films. That would be uh, uh, the House on Tombstone Hill slash The Dead Come Home. Um. But it was it was better than Thirteen Ghosts. It was more entertaining than Thirteen Ghosts for me. So I don't know. I if you like exploitation, I think you will like it. If you just want to see some crazy kills, it's probably oh, worth watching. Uh, if you like weird cult movies, sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like if you want to see like the top of some dude's man bush, go for it. I don't know. It, it's okay. I. I, I it's hard to be super excited about it, but it was relatively entertaining. I I'm not definitely not upset I watched it. I'm probably happy I did, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I do have trouble saying you should definitely watch this. I liked it, and I have trouble saying that. Yeah. But uh, speaking of watching things, Chris, do you have any idea what we're watching next week? Something. Do you recall at all what we're going to watch? Not totally. Not totally. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna watch. We're gonna continue Cyberpunk October into November because we have not done much Cyberpunk yet. What we've done three weeks, so we have to do at least four. 
We might run longer. Uh, we have been kicking around the idea of expanding from just horror into general genre films. So things like science fiction, fantasy, horror, thriller. Yeah. You know, just non-mainstream movies. Uh, even though I guess fantasy and science fiction's kind of become fairly mainstream these days. As much as I like that. But... I still want a reason to watch fantasy and sci-fi movies, so I'm going to put it under genre anyway. Uh, but we'll see. Um, we have not really officially, we are, we're not definitely not officially stating anything, but, you know, it's, some, it's an idea we're kicking around. So we'll at least next week do Total Recall. We will be the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger version. Yeah. Yeah. As You know, just because it's, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. You got to watch that one. Yeah, I mean, the way God intended. Yeah. But what if other people... Uh, well, they could slaughterhouseprincess.com. Never got to do it. I don't know why he makes a God <laughs> hard on himself. Because we told him he needs to. Yeah, go to, go to the thing. Go, okay. to, go to the links there. You'll yeah. find it all. Yeah. But join the Discord. It's super fun, at least for us uh, and some of our listeners. But, you know, we the more the merrier as far as that's concerned. You would, you would, and we could join our Patreon at patreon.slarchpencils.com. You would find out that uh, Chris had snuck his way across the border here to Virginia. Several uh, borders. Several, and but the same border multiple oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to weird geography. And uh, yeah, and that, that we did this episode instead of our normal episode. So. Come back next time for Total Recall. And will our podcast think about movies? We'll drink about movies. Goodbye. Hey, France. <laughs>